You can listen to all episodes of Leonard ad-free on Wondry Plus. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts. Another dawn rises over Mount Rushmore, over Washington and Roosevelt, Jefferson and Lincoln. This is Ike Pappas, a journalist for CBS News who reported for Mount Rushmore in 1970. But it also rises these days over a small band of American Indians who cling not only to the craggy edges of the mountain, but to the hope that someday this land will be theirs again. The Indians, about 30 of them, have been here since last weekend when, against federal regulations, they set up a camp on the mountainside close to the memorial. They claim these black hills of South Dakota are legally theirs by treaty, and they have come to take them back. One of their leaders is Lehman Brightman, president of United Native Americans, an Indian protest group. Well, first I should say the federal government said this land would belong to us as long as the grass grows and the water flows and the sun shines. Then six years later they sent uh, General Custer into this area on an expedition and they discovered gold here in the Black Hills. Then they turned around and took this land from us. We're sick and tired of sitting back and uh, turning the other cheek and then bend over and get those other two kicked. You're going to see some wide awake, educated Indians. We've got some new Indians coming up, new warriors. This is a breeding ground right here. You're going to see a lot of spark. You're listening to Leonard, a new podcast series about Leonard Peltier, the longest serving political prisoner in American history. I'm Rory Owen Delaney. And I'm Andrew Fuller. We'll be getting back to Leonard's story in the next episode. But today, we're going off on a little tangent. Donald Trump is in South Dakota this week to give a 4th of July speech in front of Mount Rushmore. So we decided to do an episode about what Rushmore means to the Lakota. To people like Leonard... To people like Edgar Bear Runner and Chase Iron Eyes and Lehman Brightman, Mount Rushmore is akin to what Confederate monuments are to the descendants of slaves. This isn't a perfect example, but Mount Rushmore is sort of like if, after whites murdered 300 black people and burned down their houses and businesses, the KKK replaced Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a mountain-sized statue featuring the faces of Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson. But Black Wall Street became a holy place where black Americans built wealth and culture and identity after slavery was over. Mount Rushmore, though, literally puts white faces on the oldest, most sacred land in the Sioux universe, the Black Hills. As Peter Matheson writes in his book, In the Spirit of Crazy Horse, the Black Hills, an outcropping of ancient limestone and granite, roughly 40 by 120 miles, are considerably older than Mount Everest. They're as old, perhaps, as any geological formation in North America. Indians were drawn to the Dark Hills, a shelter and a hunting place for deer and birds and buffalo in winter, a source of stone implements and medicine plants and sparkling clear water. And beginning in 1927, in violation of a treaty between the Sioux and the federal government, Gudson Borglum and his son Lincoln began turning those life-giving hills into a monument to the very people that stole it. We want our president, our great white father, to know that the Sioux Nation intends to welcome him. This is Chase Iron Eyes, the Oglala Sioux activist, writer, and lawyer who's been fighting for Indian sovereignty generally 
and Leonard Peltier's freedom specifically for decades. We talked with him last week, the day episode one premiered, and we'll be hearing more from him later in the season. We must send diplomats. Our One of our current presidents, President Julian Bearrunner, has expressed his interest in meeting with President Donald Trump, as well as calling for the, the, the removal of the Mount Rushmore monument. Since we are in a point of truth-telling in our country, and all of the monuments to the genocide, the slavery, and the ongoing oppression, not only of us, but every single working American that deserves healthcare, deserves a right to live, deserves not to be put at risk by extractive patriarchy, whether that be by poisoning our water or outright jailing or having Ku Klux Klan members kill those who oppose this racist rule. When Rory and I were in South Dakota last year, Edgar Bear Runner, our guide around the Pine Ridge Reservation, our guide around his people's land, took us to see Mount Rushmore. Back in 1970, Edgar had visited the camp where the Rushmore occupiers were staying, including Layman Brightman, who we heard from at the top of the episode. Yeah, in the fall of 1970, I came here from the state of Kansas as a student in a big class called uh, Intercultural Relations. Uh, it was uh, students made up of uh, different backgrounds, ethnic, cultural backgrounds. And we each divided up into tasks to find an issue in, that relates to our cultural relations. And so I uh, chose, or I, I advocated that we come here to find out why why it was being occupied and to hear it kind of always want to hear it from the horse's mouth so to speak the history of this is uh, anti-Indian there's no there's no benefits and it, it doesn't well serve the shrine of democracy this is the shrine of racism this is the shrine of genocide presidents who authorized the mass killing of Native American communities throughout uh, Turtle Island that they felt was in the way of migrant production and ownership of, of the new lands. And here in South Dakota, the illegal building of these four faces behind me was legitimized by the federal government, uh, taken over by the federal government, bought and paid for by the Klan. Supposedly, uh, it's supposed to represent me and you's uh, shrine of democracy. But uh, that never uh, is really uh, a picture of reality. A little while before this audio was recorded, as we were making the drive toward Mount Rushmore, Edgar elaborated on the appalling history of the, quote, shrine of democracy. It turns and turns my stomach as uh, when I comes to the Black Hills, acknowledging the fact that in reality, all these businesses, all the non-Indians in the Black Hills are illegal occupants and illegal users of the assets in the Black Hills, the lands and all the minerals and all that. 
It's an unresolved issue. The state is collecting taxes on all this land, all these resources. We're not getting a penny for it. This is our land. The 1868 treaty has included the Black Hills as part of the treaty land. Mount Rushmore got its name from a gentleman, KKK attorney in the New York City area, clan attorney, doled out cash from his pocket, so to speak, and started the activities at Mount Rushmore. Then it wasn't named Mount Rushmore, but the federal government uh, eventually took over the uh, construction of Mount Rush, the faces, and honored John Rush, the Klan attorney. Uh, in doing so, they used his Rush last name and called the mountain Mount Rushmore. And so they glorified the KKK. This is a KKK monument. It's not a shrine of democracy. That's bullshit. It's a desecration of uh, treaty and sacred lands belonging to uh, the Great Sioux Nation and its allies. All right, that's it. Edgar isn't exaggerating. The federal government signed the Fort Laramie Treaty in 1868, establishing the tribal territory of the Sioux and their allies including the Black Hills and what is now the Pine Ridge Reservation. But the government only upheld its end of the bargain for six years. Gold was discovered in the Black Hills in the early 1870s, and General George A. Custer led a military expedition to explore. Soon, white miners were flooding in to prospect. As conflicts between the invading miners and the Sioux escalated, the whites demanded military protection and the army obliged. In 1877, even though the Sioux still own them on paper to this day, the U.S. seized the Black Hills outright. Then, in 1923, half a century after the Black Hills were first stolen from the Sioux, a South Dakota tourism agent came up with the idea of decorating one of the granite escarpments in the hills with several monumental sculptures and he enlisted the support of Gudson Borglum, a sculptor and member of the Ku Klux Klan, who'd earned his reputation carving an enormous stone relief of Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson. Not in Tulsa, but on Stone Mountain, just east of Atlanta. They're not my presidents. It's an insult to our injury to to see those faces desecrating our sacred lands protected by the 1868 treaty. They should have made correctness and carved images of Crazy Horse and Red Cloud and Satan Boot, but uh, that, that day will never happen. And so the mountain it's, uh, was built uh, without the consent of the treaty land stakeholders here in the Black Hills. It was built because we uh, brought shame to the United States government when we killed General Custer. Uh, Everything started going wrong for us. Congress illegally, in breach of our treaty, started giving our treaty lands to the state of South Dakota. And nobody challenged them that uh, what they did was illegal, criminal, unconstitutional, and in violation of our treaty. You just gotta keep going. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be signs, but my rush, whatever it is right there, it is. 
goddamn killers are talking about. There it is. Right there in front of you, top. Oh, there it is. Now, this behind me is not a national park, nor is it a national monument. It is a national memorial. A memorial to four presidents. So this is a Teddy Roosevelt impersonator? I don't know what's going on. Why is George up on this mountain? He's our first president, and he knew he was the first. And he knew how important it was to be the first, because everything he did as president, the setting of precedent, was being done for the first time ever. He had to turn the presidency peacefully over to the next fellow. We didn't talk about the Indians or the disregard for all that. Now, in my opinion, Jefferson was an average president. Now, I will give you that he was a very good writer. He had a way with words. Theodore Roosevelt has to admit, makes Jefferson deserving of being on this mountain. What is that one thing? Louisiana purchased exactly right. He slippers those Napoleon in a great land deal. He doubles the size of our, our country to be. Lincoln, in his short time as president, accomplishes many things. Transcontinental Railroad, Land Grant College. But Mr. Lincoln accomplishes one thing above everything else and makes everything else he did possible. Not the Emancipation Proclamation. If he does not accomplish this one greater thing, the Emancipation Proclamation is just a piece of paper. He was the leader. We saved the Union. We melded the Union together for sure. But because he was who he was, we are the United States of America. This is the mentality we're up against. They, they really believe what they're talking about. They psych themselves out to believe that it's really that way. Uh, disregarding uh, whose land this was before the desecration. And so we uh, continue to share a generational uh, mentality of Western colonization under gun and Bible. And they claim cleared the land for America. We would disagree with a good portion of his presentation here, uh, leaving out how the migration ended up here. It was mean, it was very racist, but uh, it's an unresolved land issue that faces us today. The unresolved land issue is that we don't recognize the federal courts setting up a, a medium for us to complain about the value of our stolen land. That's bullshit. Uh, we shouldn't even be there. Is this the right level? Yeah, we're going down. The memory um, of coming back, coming here uh, in the fall of 1970. Our group came to Black Hills, we came to Mount Rushmore, we stayed overnight. Uh, we interviewed uh, the occupants where we had to uh, sneak up on top of the hills. But uh, we, we had to sneak down on the side, come around this other way, way on this side, and then make our way up here. When I got there, I peed on uh, uh, Lincoln's forehead. <laughs> I was so proud, uh, I had the privilege and, the, and an opportunity to, to uh, urinate on President Lincoln's face up there on the forehead. I was really happy. I yelled and hollered. I did such a great deed. 
uh, to an Indian killer, to a president who ordered the hanging of our uh, essential uh, leaders and spiritual man. So my DNA is up there. Next time on Leonard, Political Prisoner, Edgar takes us to the scene of the shootout at the Jumping Bull Ranch in Oglala, where he intervened as a mediator and bought time for Leonard to escape. When I came to the buff, the end of the hill here, I was summoned by uh, SWAT teams down here along the creek bed down there. They had my marks on the forehead. I shouldn't turn around, drop, and they kill me on the spot. Uh, by the name, I think it was Edgar Bearrunner, came to me. He felt that the uh, shooting should cease and there should be negotiations. At that time, the situation was rather tense, so the possibility of an assault was imminent. We're young, we're in the trees, and we could see them. They're like We're like leveled to the cops and the FBI's were driving by. They just thought we were just kids in the trees, you know, being nosy. Everybody else was hiding in the culvert underneath the, you know, the road they were driving on. Finally, when that plane left them, they said, go ahead and start running. Nothing but grass, no trees, nothing. We had to run. And the same time when he was running, they were shooting at us all over. This podcast is produced by Rory Owen Delaney, James Kalin, and Andrew Fuller. It was written, recorded, and edited by us. Thanks to Bobby Halverson for the original music we're using throughout the series. Thanks to Peter Lauridson and Sycamore Sound for their engineering assistance. Thanks to Paulette Dote at the International Leonard Peltier Defense Committee. Thanks to Kathy Peltier and Anne Begay and Rigo23 for welcoming us into their family. Thanks to Edgar Bearrunner for guiding us through his land and his history. And thanks, most of all, to Leonard Peltier. To get involved and help Leonard, call the White House at 202-456-1111 and request immediate clemency from President Trump. For more information, go to www.whoisleonardpeltier.info or find us on social media at Leonard underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram or facebook.com backslash Leonard podcast. This podcast is a production of Man Bites Dog Films, LLC. Free Leonard Peltier. Peltier.